Hello friends, thank you for joining us this evening. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. Hello and welcome everybody and thank you for joining us for our monthly end of, uh, well, end of February uh, broadcast, Prophecy in the News. I'm joined by my son, Justin Garcia. Justin, are you there, son? I'm here, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It was a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous day. It reached 73 degrees. And so to me, it's indicative of, you know, just spring being right around the corner. We're just a few days out from entering into March. And on March 14th, we have the Kadesh, the time of the new moon, be the first day of the month of Nisan, or the month of uh, Abib, and then we have the uh, the following week, the vernal equinox, which on Yah's calendar is the first day of the season of spring. And so, um, yeah, I'm very excited for the coming growing season and harvest. I know you and Joy are very excited for that as well. Oh, yeah. We are beyond ecstatic. We already got most of all of our sapling, our sapling started, and our seeds started, and we're just so excited. Uh, you can actually see the on the perennials that we have outside that the buds are starting to form. It's crazy how the plants just know yeah. that the spring's right around the right. corner, and they're getting ready for it. Right. Even the the rose bushes outside of my house now have a lot of new growth on it and so yeah they are they're ready and they're showing that you know spring also is right around the corner so very exciting times looking forward to the the warmth and just the beauty of all things flowering and the animals and creatures returning for the spring spawning um just one of my most favorite times of the year without a doubt yeah, it's been a beautiful time seeing all the birds come back from their migratory mm -hmm. patterns and great great pleasure. Ready to get started with this? I am. I'll turn it over to you. Well, there's definitely been no shortage of news to talk about. So <laughs> that uh you know, if you can see our thumbnail on YouTube, it, it's kind of funny. I try to find some kind of humor, you know, in, in the midst of all of the craziness going around it's a picture of texas that's frozen and then there's a, a cutout of ted cruz you know with a suitcase and he's like walking off <laughs> it's crazy you know what's going on in the world and in texas you know that rob had to go a week almost without power right. yes that should definitely be a wake-up call for all of us right you know to be ready for whatever could take place you know even uh, just moving off grid eventually we have to prepare ourselves with knowledge and study now while we have access to study material anything you want to talk about texas before i get into the first actual article for yes i will make mention that um i had seen and read uh, a few articles about the the power outages there and it was not you know some of that was not even necessary but 
because of the Green New Deal, um, the Biden administration coming in, they've basically told the fossil fuel plants, the coal plants and, you know, other what will be other industries that create uh, and generate power to start cutting back on production. And they are, not that I'm saying it's a bad thing, but they are wanting to move towards, uh, you know, wind and solar, which I think every house in the on the earth should have solar panels. I mean, it's, in my mind, that should be, uh, you know, without question, every, everybody should have solar panels and solar panels should be everywhere because it would be free energy and it would be so liberating as far as you know reducing the bills and people's need to pay us a particular company for uh, the energy that they use to you know do whatever else that it is that they they do so all of that just is like common sense to me but um, from what I understand the the rolling blackouts and all of that that's something that they are going to try to normalize in the pattern of americans and it's not even that there's going to be no power available they just want to treat the masses like they're slaves and they basically want to be able to show that you know we are dependent upon them and that they can do what they want with uh, however they choose to do whatever they want. And we just have to, uh, you know, take it, uh, feed them cake, you know? So. Yeah. It's weird. Like you just mentioned that it's kind of like, um, them getting ready, you know, it's kind of like trial runs for, right, exactly. for the future. And, you know, and we traveled around the world, a lot of places are actually, you know, like that where they'll only have like a few hours of power per day you know right. it's like it's kind of limiting the accessibility that your population has so you know you're also limiting their their social power you know their ability yes. to influence and their ability right. to learn and to connect and to you know get involved with what's going on in the world and you know even limiting their production abilities capabilities yes. but you know talking about you know trial run did you see what happened in Myanmar this month? No. Mm-mm. It's totally crazy. Well, first off, you know, we have an orphanage in Myanmar and we have an orphanage yeah. in Uganda. And last month we talked about, you know, in Uganda, their, uh, Ooh, their president right. was like kidnapped. And then, yes. you know, and now the same thing happened in Myanmar. It's like ironic that, you know, it's the two places we have orphanages, but Basically, what what had happened was this uh, this political group that is supported by the military decided that they didn't believe that the election was fair, so they went and they, you know, they uh, arrested the lady that was in charge of, you know, what they call like the the democratic type party, or the leader of freedom and democracy, and you know so. If you kind of relate that to what's going on in in America, you know, or what happened in America, it's like, wow, you know, the same exact thing could happen where the military goes and takes over, you know, the government basically and and all the positions of authority in the government and all the seats of legislature 
because the election might have had some, you know, shady things going on there. And who would that party be that's supported by the military? You know what I mean? And who's the mm-hmm. one that's that's uh, you know, being uh, you know, saying that they did the fraud. I got to be careful how I word things because they'll shut us down yeah. here real quick. Right, right. You, you can kind of see, like, they're kind of figuring out what in the world the population is going to react like in Myanmar. And what's really crazy to me is, you know, they're actually, there's so, there's such a huge push that freedom was taken away. You know, that's like, that's all you hear in the media about Myanmar is like, oh, you know, it's horrible. You know, we're reprimanding the military generals who took over. And I I understand like the past, the history of the military control over Myanmar was like, it was really bad. It was, there was a lot of persecution. There was a lot of bad things. But when you have like this guise of democracy and then your elections are rigged to keep somebody in power that's been in power for a long time, like. I don't know if you can trust either one. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same fully. thing that we talk about over here. You know, can you really trust yes, either exactly. one? Exactly. Are they just? No. Is they, uh, you know, the president, the lady that they got arrested. She's just kind of chilling with the generals and on some mountaintop mm-hmm. retreat and and laughing at all the people that are going crazy because it's just one big social experiment. All right. All right. I, I don't know. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so same thing as far as, you know, with regard to who gets into power and controls the country here in America, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans, it's not, neither party represents the people. They represent the lobbyists. They get their money to even run for office from the lobbyists and the corporations. So this is a total fascist dictatorial state uh, those that get uh, even selected to be part of the um, the electoral process, uh, they are often from the same bloodline, same family. And so that in itself should tell people something. So yeah, it really doesn't matter. Out in the chat that they were saying that there were reports that the Myanmar president, that she had deep ties with China. You know, like you were just saying, blood, uh-huh. blood ties. Uh-huh. Blood you know, ties, that, exactly. That whole, yeah. you know, area of the of the continent of Asia, they all kind of share blood right. as well. There's some yes, really interesting exactly. history in those Asian bloodlines, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, the, uh, I did a show with Gary uh, Wayne uh, where he goes into the Lee family there in um, China and how they're, you know, the descendant from the Seraphim Angels, the Dragon right. Ancestry, and so... Yeah, um, people can look up those shows that we've done together. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the same there as it is here. Those that are sitting on the thrones of the world, they are the children of the wicked one, the serpent, the ancient dragon that deceiveth the whole world. Um, and the Bible is very clear when you open yourself to this particular information, which you know, not a lot of people actually do. But when you are willing and able to accept this revelation, it totally is a skeleton keeper unlocking so much of the Bible and the extra biblical material as well. 
Yeah, really great points and a really great show too. I definitely appreciate the research that Brother Gary brings to the table regarding all of those yeah. those bloodlines and their ties to you know ancient elites and the power structure that that has been for thousands of years. But um, mm-hmm. speaking of you know power structures and elites, uh, did you hear in, in New York there was a woman that was fired for refusing to get a COVID vaccine? No. Yeah, so, uh, Good for she her. She worked for a restaurant, right? But j- just a restaurant worker. She was uh, oh, wow, she was fired yeah. for again for refusing the COVID vaccine, and uh, oh, now that's gonna be the precedent, right? Yeah, in in Israel now they're making a, a vaccine passport to allow of its course. citizens to. Of course, we knew to, that was coming. Right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. to allow the citizens to return to normal life, uh, but come to find out, the QR code that is on the passport is easily counterfeit. So the people are selling these things for like $200 on the black market. And uh, the health ministry of (laughs) Israel responded with reassurance (laughs) to the fact that they've been counterfeit by saying that they're looking into implementing a secure barcode that will quote, be internationally accepted. Uh So if anybody's done any research into barcodes, you know, it might raise an eyebrow <laughs> right. of concern to yeah, think that exactly, yeah. there's this concept, a real concept floating around that a 666 marker is going to be necessary for participating in society. Right. You know, for for now, though, they're, those refusing the shot will still be allowed at pharmacies and supermarkets, but they have been warned that they're going to be barred from entering stadiums, gyms, hotels, and culture events, cultural events, and... Uh, whoever's caught with a counterfeit vaccine passport is going to receive a 5,000 shekel fine, which is about 1,500 U.S. dollars. They also stated that workers in certain industries will be fired if they refuse the vaccine or refuse to submit to being tested for the virus every 48 hours. I can yeah. see that moving to having to cost you your head right at some point yeah yes i, I saw somebody no today talking about that. it from israel you know it's like yeah he was associating it to basically the, the same thing that happened in nazi germany it's like uh-huh. instead of it being a race thing now it's like it's becoming this ideological thing that if you refuse the vaccine you are now the outsider you know you're now the, yeah. the less than right. human person you know but uh you know, it's unclear whether individuals are going to uh, be refused service at restaurants. I didn't find that information. I'd be curious to know that. But, you know, it all comes on the back of reports of a third vaccine now being recommended by trustworthy sources like Bill Gates, you know, the man who recently described <laughs> vaccine conspiracy theorists as crazy and evil. You know, curiously, right. when he said that, though, he stopped short of making recommendations on how to deal with that evil. Mm-hmm. But let's do some mental gymnastics real quick and try to figure out, you know, why people think healthy people are evil and crazy. So if the vaccine works and people who are scared or at risk of COVID are given the vaccine, then those who refuse the vaccine would not be a threat, right? Because, you know, the vaccine is supposed to work. People are getting it and healthy people are not right. But uh, apparently there's something we, we don't know about healthy people. Healthy people are actually the most dangerous risk to our society because they don't volunteer their paychecks to the big corporations that control the government and mainstream narratives. 
You know, instead they're greedy with their money and only want to help local family-owned businesses and farmers markets. You know, how can our great nation how survive with such greedy people? Right. You know, we we need more. What individuals. are the transnational corporations gonna do? Exactly. Yeah, they're they're halting the the greater good, right? We need more individuals who give up their health and become sickly and dependent on the ones that want them to be that way. You know, the corporations support the monopolies. Right. Yeah, support the corporations that degraded their ability to thrive and breathe and think right. and speak freely. That are feeding you poison and causing disease. Yeah, I don't know why Bill Gates is having such a hard time thinking of how to treat those healthy people who stand against his increase right. of financial and institutional power. You know, clearly, mm -hmm. no one should have a choice on what happens with their own bodies. I mean, it's not like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a right, right? Right. It's exactly. a privilege, and, and it's one that the government yes. should be able to take away anytime unhealthy people's medicine anytime. isn't good enough to keep them safe from healthy people. Yeah, absolutely. Get in the way. We're going to pull the plug on your health. <laughs> isn't it crazy that healthy people are, are being blamed, you know, as, and looked at as a threat? Just like Christians and patriots. Yeah, so what's your takeaway on the uh, the vaccine passport? Well, you know, both Rob and I talked about this even last year, and I think it's just a matter of implementing and forcing and not allowing people to have choice and that they are going to incorporate things like, you know, the way they already have organ harvestation as part of your ID and they give you a $10 discount if you choose to be an organ donor and you know put yourself at, at risk and not get good emergency care because they can make more money off of delving out your organs than they can in saving your life. Little things like that, which are huge decisions, uh, are going to be, again, you know, tied to the passports, the driver's license, because if they can restrict and keep you from being able to travel more than likely you're gonna fold or at least in their mind you're gonna you know okay just bend over and take it uh i gotta travel for business or i gotta be able to go or whatever or i want to be able to you know go and see the world all right i'll just accept it what what vaccines what inoculations uh what kind of you know, vaccine record do I have to comply and catch up on? And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the that's the process. That's what's going to be implemented. Um, all that information, everything, you know, the, all of it will be tied together. And, um, yeah. and it's going to be a way of forcing people, whether they want to or not, just the way that they made going to school or receiving daycare assistance or, uh, you know, entering into public education that even though it's not truthfully necessary that you get inoculated, well, they're not going to tell you that. And certainly parents aren't, most parents aren't knowledgeable on the fact that you have exemptions that you can still utilize religious and political and medical exemptions which can allow you personally 
or your children to opt out of forced vaccinations. But yet again, because people are ignorant, they don't know their rights and they are bowing down, bending over and receiving it, you know, to, uh, to, get, to go along and get along. And uh, unfortunately, it's causing them to be uh, riddled with disease and cancer and uh, injected with viruses and all kind of things. I mean, you know, and I, I just recently finished watching the new series on the, um, uh, the Utopia, which I thought the second the new series was uh, really incredibly well done and made and and it just you know goes along with and shows presents the idea that governments would weaponize disease and radicalize things like rabies in order to cause disease in people and then give them a reason to you know the problem reaction solution the Hegelian dialectic of you know, you create a problem in order to provide the answer. You provide the solution. And that solution, which they want to not only depopulate and to cause mass murder and disease, uh, but they want to sterilize people. They want to be able to control population because for whatever reason, Satan has it in his mind. And this is the ideology that He's taught to all the New World Order elites that people and numbers and uh, the amount of children being born, that this is bad for the earth and that this is going to cause destruction and lead to chaos. And so the people, the children, the bloodlines that serve him, they are making a priority off of decimating uh, people and the numbers of people uh, living worldwide. Yeah, it's really crazy. Now, you know, if you go online on Facebook and you see, like, anybody posting anything to question the vaccine, it's like there's this stamp of approval that uh, Facebook puts on all those posts that says, actually, you know, everything to do with the vaccine has been rigorously tested and proven efficacious and, <laughs> uh, and healthy. Right. There's nothing to be scared of. You know, like it, it's like Facebook is like big brother. Now, you know, they're like, totally they're working on all the posts to say that. But the, the fact is that, you know, this vaccine was like super rushed, you know, not that I believe in any of the other vaccines anyways, you know, anything that, they put mercury in or aborted fetal cells or formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't agree with putting that in my body. Yeah. I, I would never do that. I would never eat it. I would never eat an apple with formaldehyde, you know, right. sprinkled on it. Not, not consumer friendly. Right. <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. yeah same, same. I agree. <laughs> uh, but did you see now uh, uh, the white house, is actually working directly with big tech to censor content causing vaccine hesitancy. So, uh, that doesn't surprise me leaking, at all. Right? Linking back to the previous point, you know, now we have the government openly working 
with big tech to censor content that causes vaccine hesitancy. They didn't say false content. It's just any <laughs> content that might dissuade people from shooting themselves up with whatever type of snake oil those who stand to profit right. off of their sickness actually wants to sell them. You know, I, right. I keep saying we're going to have to get off of these these things eventually. You know, we're mm-hmm. with Eliana coming in three months. I'm just like, I'm thinking so yes. hard about our entire lifestyle as Westerners, right, right. you know, as electricity yeah. devourers, as entertainment right. addicts, as, you know, system dependence. You know, we rely yeah. so heavily on this. So like infrastructure and like sis- the systems right. for our life. It's like that. Right. Uh, it reminds me of that scene in the matrix, you know, when Neo is like, he goes and he sees like the, all the humongous machines that the city runs on. Like he, He's like staying mm-hmm. in Zion, right? Like waiting for yes, the yes. AI army to come and like fight. Right. And one of the dudes like takes him and he just sees all these humongous systems that, you know, that that's right. what we're relying on too, you know, but like yeah, that Zion was destroyed <laughs> the same way, you know, uh-huh. Babylon is going to be destroyed. Right. And so, you know, eventually we're going to have to really like detach. And I, I personally, yeah, I don't want to raise my daughter with that kind of dependence, you know, and mm-hmm. so that's why we're studying so hard to find independence, you know, trying to learn yeah, to find absolutely. sustainability with the land, you know, skills our ancestors right. would have naturally acquired yes. as they foraged with their mothers or hunted with their dads. Uh, you know, it's funny actually right now, you know, we were talking about our seedlings, uh, half of our kitchen table, almost half of our kitchen table is, filled up with little seedlings that we're starting for the backyard uh, collards right. and onions and garlics asparagus and artichokes we even have some avocado tree sap- saplings that we started from seed nice. and you know awesome what's funny about it is that every time i try to to think about how to keep our chickens from eating everything i keep coming <laughs> up blank you know we've considered getting uh, like a makeshift greenhouse to cover the, yeah, the garden beds and Yes. Yeah, we we considered getting some like wired fencing, but mm-hmm. honestly, like the the price of everything has gone up so much these days. Right. You know, businesses are like really struggling to survive, and now yeah. uh, the the minimum wage, you know, was raised to fifteen, or it's getting ready to be raised with a I forget the Rescue America Act is that what it was called that Biden's trying to push now. Then they called it the Rescue America Act, but you can find all the details on that on the WhiteHouse.gov, and they're gonna they're gonna raise it to fifteen dollars an hour, the minimum wage, and it's it's really it's like more nails in the caskets of these small businesses. I'm not yeah, saying that I don't I think people need safe. a livable wage, but you know, right. like sixteen-year-olds who are still right. living at home, they don't need fifteen dollars an hour, right? Right, right. You know, everything's just. Yeah, I thought it was the bankrupt nail in the coffin of America act. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really, that's a a good way to put it. A uh, get America more globalist dependent act. But, anyways, talking about the the seedlings, maybe we'll just, uh, (laughs) you know, venture off into this for just a second because we've been talking about some depressing stuff and we got some more depressing stuff to talk about. Yeah, right. But you know, we're trying to keep the seedlings inside for another month, basically, 
and just kind of let them grow until they're big enough to not be destroyed by our free range, yeah. uh, free ranging hens. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, last year, they actually had really great symbiosis with the garden. Uh, but the garden uh, was actually yeah. a couple months established by the time they got big enough to trample things. You know, now I can, <laughs> I go out to the plots that I prepare. You know, that I've like got ready for spring. You know, and I'll like. You know, mm-hmm. I'll just smooth it out, take out all the weeds, all the old old plants, and like cover it with a nice mulch to kind of just get get everything ready, and you know the worms growing in there and everything, all the bacteria growing, so that when we put the those seedlings in, they like take really good root, right? But I'll uh-huh. go outside, and literally there will be like a foot deep hole <laughs> that that the girls <laughs> that the hens are making. You know, they're either <laughs> looking for worms or just wanting to take a dust bath. It's so funny. Uh, they're they're like uh they'll just kick off all the compost and the mulch into the into the grass and like onto the uh, the walkway it's just like they don't they don't care they don't think about it right it's a real pain in the butt i'm gonna get that worm right we'll find that bug they're so funny (laughs) but it's awesome to to have the chickens you know yeah we get six eggs a day we just have six six girls making eggs so yeah, we're actually considering, you know, like even finding like a family who eats a lot of eggs and maybe selling them, you know, uh-huh. maybe selling some of our uh, our eggs to like a couple different families. Yeah, and absolutely. These are like the healthiest eggs, you know. They're just straight mm-hmm. straight from the chicken and super healthy. But anyways, so mm-hmm. we're gonna start focusing on perennials now. Uh, you know, I'm still doing annuals, but I figure most of them are probably just gonna get eaten by pests or by chickens i don't know uh-huh. but uh for for those that are unfamiliar with perennials and annuals you know i want to uh, just share a little bit of information because i think that all of us need to to start acquiring that type of of knowledge of plants you know there are some plants that die after their seasonal cycle of going from seed to flower and those are called annuals but others they can come back year after year for repeating cycles. So those are like trees and berry bushes. Those are a great place to start. And uh, some greens, like some kales in certain certain climate zones, and uh, some herbs and asparagus is really good too. Uh, we actually have a bunch of asparagus growing that I'm super excited about. And artichokes. Uh, you know, I, I think that they'll grow a strong enough root system because they're they're perennials. You know, they they stay around that. Even mm-hmm. if the chickens, you know, end up picking at them and taking some leaves, right. they'll still be strong enough to just grow more. Uh, but, you know, right. I'm not sure. We'll see how this year goes. I'm really excited. And uh, if you guys haven't already, you can check out our garden and our adventure uh, in a series that Joy and myself did on our Engine channel, E-N-D-G-E-N. It's called From City Life to Homesteading. And, uh, you know, we're definitely not professional homesteaders. We would love to get some feedback if you guys would like to share anything, any ideas of, you know, how to keep the chickens out of the garden in a, you know, <laughs> a, a pretty cheap way. We'd love to hear some feedback. But, yeah, I think that uh, I, I love your property, too, with all the trees that you got going on. Yeah. So, well, you know, I I just tried to put as much as I could with regard to different plants that uh, provide fruit or even, you know, nut trees that uh, will take 20, 30 years before they 
actually start to produce but once they're there you know they'll just give to the land so anything like that you know blueberry bushes and uh, anything on like the muscadine vines but yeah i'd like to have the whole uh everything as far as the land outside of my house be producing to where you could just go around and taste you know from here and there but Certainly, I want to expand on um, the the gardening concept, but um, and, and it's exciting just watching you know different things grow and the beauty of how the the fruit or, or the vegetable comes from a flower. You know the beauty, like even the squash plant. You know with the the five star looking um, flower, the yellow. It's beautiful. I mean, gardens are amazingly vibrant and uh, beautiful to to watch just grow and uh, evolve over the course of a a season. And so, it's exciting. And for for children and for parents that are interactive with them, teaching them how to grow food and to you know be able to pick your produce and your salad directly from your land outside of your house. I mean, what an amazing thing, you know, even if you just have a a little bit of an herb garden, I mean, it's not that difficult. And here every year we have the opportunity to take advantage of what is the growing season and how the most high is established. Well, here you have a year to be able to take advantage of the cycle of warmth that is going to cause a lot of things to grow and a lot of creatures to to come forth that will be interactive and dependent on them and um you know the earth sustains us freely if we just interact with it and have a relationship with it and put seeds down into the earth and allow them to flourish and come forth i mean that's it's it's amazing it's really an amazing thing and not a lot of people take advantage of that process and it's unfortunate because you know to be able to grow and to get food directly from the earth for yourself without uh, well you know all the genetic uh, alterations now and now the uh, where they they um, are messing with and putting all these different chemicals on the plants and the vegetables in order to keep the bugs to drive them away or to genetically modify them so that they grow and they look pretty on the shelves in the in the different supermarkets it's uh, but those things are not necessarily good for you or healthy Uh, the way that they've altered soy and corn and a lot of the major crops it's um it's unfortunate you know we see that and I think that one of the things of um, Christ saying that unless the days be shortened, that there should be no flesh left, it, in my mind, brings up the whole theme of the miscegenation that's mentioned in the book of Giants, where the, the fallen angels and the their progeny, the giants that came up, uh, they uh, they altered and genetically modified and coupled with and cross species um, even all of the plants and all of the animals and it said everything was corrupt 
that nothing, you know, came forth after its kind. And, uh, you know, Christ does mention that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the second coming of the Son of Man. And so I think those things are part of what we are experiencing and seeing that, you know, a lot of the genetically modified crops are now even blowing into and taking over uh, farms where the heirloom crops had once been, you know, grown and that their seeds have been protected and preserved for generations, but um, are now being corrupted just from the wind blowing all this genetically modified seed in and, you know, and destroying the, uh, what was the heirloom uh, capacity of different farmer seed. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. You can still get good heirloom seeds. There are farmers that, you know, dedicate their time to farming these seeds. Uh, you can go mm -hmm. to rareseeds.com. There's a awesome. Baker Creek. They have uh, really great seeds, all heirloom seeds, you know, non-GMO. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's the way it was meant to be. You know, we're, we're not supposed to take over right. the, the genetics and change all these things, you know. No. If you if you learn how to plant properly, you can keep the pests off. You know, if you plant. Yes, exactly. I think that we've just depreciated our soil so much that our plants are right. not strong any longer. So right. like, right. if they get one pest on it, that thing will just eat the entire plant. Which I you know right. it definitely still can happen, even if you have good soil. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but there are ways to avoid that. You know, naturally. We, mm -hmm. we have some really great people sharing in the chat. Uh, unfortunately, one sister, Blossom, said she lost all of her vegetables due to the uh, Texas freeze. Yeah, I, I uh, can imagine uh, if you uh, if you that. grow too early, you know the the freeze right. they yes. will, they'll kill your your seedlings. Right. But prayerfully, you know, if you've had those veggies there for a long time, some of those seeds are still in the soil, and they'll they'll you know they'll come back. Yes. And if not, yes. you know, the spring is still coming. You're going to have some right. chance. Uh, one brother, JS, said that uh, he'd love to have some fruit and nut trees someday. So, like, mm -hmm. a lot of the things, if you shop organic, you're getting fruits and things that, that have seeds. Like, even if you just eat yes. an almond, you know, you, you can right. there are ways that you can propagate that almond to become a tree. And you can, right. you know, take care of that tree. It will, like, become your friend, <laughs> you know. Like, Joy mm -hmm. and I, we, we love avocados, right? It's got, like, super healthy <laughs> omega-3 fats that are, like, really good for your brain. And it's really yummy, too, to put on salads. And in Asia, they even eat them, like, chilled as dessert. I, I don't nice. do that, but <laughs> it's interesting, you know. <laughs> but I love avocados. Right. So I, I took the pits, and I learned how to propagate a tree just from the pit that's inside of the avocado like you can do the same thing with peaches all the fruits you know so now i've got right. two avocado pits that are growing these thick roots i just put them in like little red plastic cups and i've just been taking care of them for like i think a uh, month and a half now and they're finally they're putting up their their leaves they're starting to grow up and it's like you build a relationship with your plants you know it's like 
Yeah, you right. know, you like seeing praises like hallelujah, you know, like <laughs> yeah, please yeah. father bless these plants, you know. Yeah. To be able to to produce a lot of fruit, to be healthy, you know, and even yes. provide for the the bees and for the animals outside, you know, our fig trees feed so many birds and squirrels yes. when they come out. You know, we get all the low-hanging fruit, but everything that's too high for us, you know, like the, the animals literally yeah. there's just like hundreds of birds and you know dozens of squirrels yeah. that'll just be feasting on on the trees and i think it's awesome you know that's yeah it it's is. really amazing it's awesome. to just be with nature you know right what's have you ever heard of that uh i think it was like many years ago maybe over a decade ago there was this like farm farmville it was like a Facebook video game. Yeah, yes. Where know, people, yeah, would, people would make farms Gross on stuff, their Facebook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why can't yeah. you just do it in real life? <laughs> right, exactly, yes. Yeah. Exactly, just do it in real life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope that we can share some <laughs> love for, uh, you know, nature and growing. And, you know, eventually mm -hmm. somebody in the chat, I forget where it was, they said, you know, eventually... Uh, to look. Oh, it was Ilium Tell. He said, you know, eventually they're going to make laws against home gardens. And I, I definitely. They're trying. Yeah. There's already yeah. laws. For some places, you can't grow in your front yard. Right. So there are, they're restricting you already in, in certain aspects. But, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Eventually, possibly, they'll, they'll say that all of your plants are a threat to all of their GMO plants. So they need to get rid of yours. Who knows? It, it's a crazy time that we're living in, but let's take advantage yeah, really of uh, the opportunities that we have while we have them. While we have them, yeah. exactly. But before we go back, uh, before we get into break, I guess I have one more thing, one more article sure. to talk about with the vaccines. And this one is, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it sounds like something that you're, you're probably not going to believe when I, when I read it through you read it through to you uh, but there was a an article that has come out recently after there was a viral video that went uh, well a video that went viral of the chancellor of germany and in the video the chancellor is seen leaving a podium after speaking during a parliament session and she, you know she forgets her mask as she takes her seat and then she like, panics and she runs back to the podium where the lady that's sanitizing the podium hands her her mask uh, and of course mainstream media is like oh that's such a humane reaction you know and, and like all the tweets on the video they're like you know, what a responsible person and a great leader leading by example you know we're just all humans and you know she went straight back for her mask good for her <laughs> you know but, but, one one share of the video that I saw that was accompanied with a a, a message that I, I want to bring out and just like it, it's so weird it said the fear of COVID-19 is the beginning of wisdom so other than the apparent blasphemy of that statement you know because we know yes, it's supposed to be the fear of Yahuwah Most high, is yes. the beginning of wisdom yes right I couldn't I couldn't help but notice how legitimate it seems for our generation, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. It's like that. anyone who doesn't fear COVID has no wisdom. Everyone who, you know, has no panic in them is enjoying the bliss of ignorance, right? 
but you know, how, right. how does the chancellor's statement make any sense at all? Uh, so she made this statement that the pandemic isn't going to be over until every person on earth is vaccinated. Vaccinated, yes. Every person on earth is vaccinated. It, mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, the pandemic's not going to go anywhere. Oh, right. Why do, do we need to vaccinate the earth when you know so many millions of individuals have already ran the course of the virus without any issue? You know, and and why would people who have had symptomatic asymptomatic cases need to be vaccinated? You know, right. after you have a a virus, you you get antibodies. You know, is mm. is it really about world health or? Is it a money snatching scheme or is mm-hmm. it a power grab? You know, what's the real right. initiative here? I just, right. I, I think of the lack, the lack of logic that's behind all of these Orwellian dystopian laws that, you know, that have changed our lives for the worst. Oh uh, yeah, it, totally. It really makes me question if there's any logic left in the education system in my state, at least, you know, it's like, it's already really well known that children are like very, very, very unlikely. Like basically if you, if you round it up, you're still at a 0% chance of having any severe reactions from COVID for children, but mm-hmm. they're still getting forced to wear masks while attending school. Right. You know, why, right. do, why do they need to sacrifice 20% of their oxygen, get headaches right. and go borderline hypoxic? Mm. You know, I was yes. I was with my my two cousins. They're in a, I, I think they're fourteen now. They're like in ninth grade, and then you know mm-hmm. they have to wear masks every day. They go to school. I, I'm grateful that, well, I can't say I'm grateful that they opened the schools because I think all the schools are stupid, anyways. You know, yeah, yeah. But you know, they have the opportunity to go get an education, right? And they have right. an opportunity to go be with people, so they're not sitting at Socially home being depressed. Yeah. But right. you know, they tell me that, like. At the beginning, they they got so many headaches, and but now they're starting to get used to it. Used and to it. You notice, like, they are becoming slower human beings. You know, like right. they, the way that your body adjusts. Like when I was in the military and we had to do thing with things with gas masks on, like you just slow down. You know, you you can't right. operate yeah. at full speed when you don't have full oxygen. So your body adapts that and slows down so mm-hmm. I, I i don't understand why the children need to wear masks but the education board is saying that it's for the safety of the teachers but <laughs> you know it begs the question that if masks work why do the students need to wear them you know let let the teachers wear them if they're scared of covid you know and right, if they're not, right. don't make totally. them wear them you know, and, and that should be well enough if your masks are working. Right. You know, better yet, let yeah. let the teachers that are scared go get their vaccines. You know, and then they, yeah, they exactly. shouldn't need to wear masks, right? And the students right. don't either, right? No, that, that's right. not the case because people that get the vaccine, they're still told, you know, you have to socially distance. You have to wear your mask. You got you to gotta quarantine yourself. You know, it's not about logic. It's... It's really about expanding control, you know, over as many areas of our lives as possible. And it's, it's the same thing as the climate crisis that Bill Gates is now saying will be deadlier than the coronavirus. You know, this time he's saying that we need to get 
to net zero emissions by 2050. But, you know, it seems like every few years there's another dire threat deadline, you know, like, the, you know, mm -hmm. the climate has to be changed by 1980 or else. And then it's right. 1990 or else. And now it's like right. 2050 or else. You know, they, they keep pushing the deadline like they, they keep lifting the debt ceiling on America's debt, you know. Yeah, it's exactly. not about getting out of debt. It's not about protecting the earth from climate change. It's about getting citizens to give their power to those in charge. You know, it's about power. Right. You know, Texans just a right. couple of weeks ago, they were, they were wishing there was climate change, you know, <laughs> but, but it's yeah, a conspiracy, right. even though we're the ones that are called conspiracy theorists for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they're just, you know, trying to teach people how to be good slaves because uh, that, that's exactly what they want. Even the whole educational system, it's not about educating and creating uh, kids that have hopes and dreams and are able to think outside of the box and to be able to create things that would assist or you know to benefit the world. It's all about keeping them in line, follow the sheeple, blind leading the blind. Uh, that's what they want. Don't you know, take time to look at the sunset or sunrise or smell the roses or anything. Just stay your eyes locked like a zombie on your little uh, telephone screen. Uh, read the news and the propaganda that we feed you to create your reality, to establish the mindset. You plug into the matrix and be a good little worker bee that's that's what they want uh, and as long as you do that and you take your vaccinations you get your injections and eat the poisons they feed you and uh, all the the crap sodas and all that and uh, and you know the, you're dependent on their medical systems you have to take their drugs and they can sell you these drugs over the entire course of your life and then also have them affect you in a way that you have to take other prescriptions of their drugs well you're you're just the perfect little citizen you know you're uh, a good little worker bee and uh, they love you uh, as long as you uh, comply uh, it's the the whole thing of um, you know that that movie uh, where he had the Roddy Piper had the glasses and he could see behind and all the subliminal meshes obey, comply, bow down, you know, uh, don't question uh, those kind of things. And that's what they want. And that's how they're, they're grooming people. And people don't even realize it. They have no clue that government is the enemy. And that they are working against the well-being of humanity. And that the powers that be are the rulers of darkness. Uh, those that are the spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, of course we know that the fallen angels legion are directing and guiding all of this. But they have their little puppets bowing down and 
you know, taking blood oath and drinking blood and cannibalizing flesh and uh, having sex with little kids uh, just to to follow uh, and to be part of their their power and their control matrix and to be of the, above the law in the manner that they allow. And it's uh, unfortunate that so many are uh, bending that will and ready to you know, take the mark of the beast and accept Antichrist as king, false messiah. But that's where we are. And we're almost to break. You got another something for two minutes? I can just point out the fact that North Dakota just, I don't, I don't recall how far back this was, but relatively recently their house passed a bill that banned making face masks man- mandatory. I thought that was pretty awesome. Really? Wow. Yeah, so there are some places where you can, in the States right now, where you can still find sanity, I guess. Right. And good people and uh, the representative government's actually having some sort of, I guess, a representation of their citizenry, their populace. That's a good thing to know, but... Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, should I move to North Dakota? <laughs> I <laughs> right? consider going to Texas because they went on record saying that they'll never have a mandatory vaccine, that they actually, uh, they have laws on the Texas law book that you can't uh-huh. make a vaccine mandatory. Oh, that's then, awesome. You know, they froze over, so I'm like, all right. Right, right. Where, where <laughs> should I go? <laughs> Not in North Dakota is <laughs> right. any warmer than that. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, I remember that, you know, they were against uh, vaccines, but uh, it wasn't long ago that Rick Perry, the governor there, he tried to, you know, try to forcefully vaccinate and mandate that against the citizenry's will. Um, And, you know, that kind of thing is happening everywhere, too, where they're trying to get rid of all the exemptions and People need to stand up for their rights as much as they are still able to do so. But All right, we are at break. We'll be right back, everybody, for second hour. We've just got about 30 seconds. So yeah, well, thank we'll you, pick everybody. it up on the other side. Thank you, everybody, for joining in the chat. It's awesome to see everybody tonight, and uh, I just love seeing... Everybody participating and sharing their their stories and their uh, their suggestions and their ideas. It's great to to be with you all tonight. Absolutely, great interaction. We'll be right back, everyone. As a bookstore for truth seekers, it's our goal to make ancient manuscripts which were once held captive by secretive institutions available for public consideration. In our generation where wisdom has increased as Daniel the prophet foretold, we have access to many of the testimonies our early church brethren were persecuted for preserving. After being hidden for centuries, these manuscripts have been leaked from various sources throughout the earth 
and it's our goal to gather these sources into printable form to make available for all who seek the ancient way. If you're looking to deepen your studies of the biblical narrative, find these ancient manuscripts and more at sacredwordpublishing.com. Commerce being monopolized by major corporations, we feel a responsibility to return to handmade goods and to support individuals in the community. Sacred Word Publishing wants to encourage truth seekers to support each other. And one of the best ways we can do that is through offering this centralized marketplace where everyone's homemade products can be easily accessed by our fellow members in the body of Christ. Would you be interested in offering your handcrafted items in our store? Email us at sacredwordpublishingllc at gmail.com. Support the truth-seeking community by going to www.swpmarket.com. Many truth-seekers are constantly studying alone. But there is a place where we can come together. The Digital Readers Club is our online ecclesia, meant for those who've forsaken churchianity, but still want the closeness of a family to study with. Join us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to put together the puzzle pieces of truth scattered throughout the ancient scriptures. Your partnership with Sacred Word Publishing goes further than the publishing of ancient manuscripts and weekly video content. You also make a huge impact across the earth in orphanages in Myanmar, India, Uganda, and Kenya. Your support is crucial for the development of the Ecclesia of Real Truth Seekers. We thank you for joining us in hosting Secrets Revealed, Momentary Zen, the Digital Readers Club, Ask Me Anything series, and other shows that have helped lead so many to the truth of salvation. Become even more involved? Please visit patreon.com slash sacredwordpublishing where you can partake in exclusive, interactive, patron-only content and help us continue shining the light of love in this darkened world. All right, thanks for listening while we took that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. All right, welcome back, everybody, for a second hour. And, uh, Thank all of you that are joining us for the live broadcast. Uh, we are doing a once a month, uh, end of the month preview, look at the prophecy in the news and how we see, um, you know, all the propaganda lining up with the uh, the prophecy that is brought forth, uh, forecast, foreshadowed in the the Bible and other places, which um, are definitely, you know bringing forth uh, even the weirdness of the coming reign of the Antichrist and all of the 
uh, things with the, the mark of the beast and the buying and selling, the wars of Gog and Magog and uh, everything. It's just so many different places um, that you know things are unfolding and aligning uh, as was prophesied. Even the uh, the coming of the you know this beast kingdom and how they would try to intermingle themselves among the the seed of men, the the enmity, the ongoing enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, and how that is still playing out. And so, I'll turn it back over to you, son. All right. Well, they definitely did commingle with mankind, and they have mm-hmm. established quite a large structure of power on the earth. Oh, we know it's temporary. So that's what we're Yes. Definitely keep that in mind as we uh we move forward, but this next article, I'm I'm actually going to read the article. Uh this is something that is just absolutely uh, insane to me, something that's just just so sad. Like I I try not to be sad, you know, I try to keep my joy. I don't want anything right. to take my right. joy away. That's what, you know, we're told in the scripture. Yeah. Don't let anything steal your joy. You know, joy and salvation, um, you know, confidence in, in the mercy of the Most High, confidence in yes. the salvation that's been purchased for us, you know. But you just can't help that sometimes things happen on sometimes. earth that <clears throat> make you feel anxious, make you feel a little sad. And this one is uh, from BBC and it the headline says covid mother in coma quote should be allowed to die so this picture the picture that this article paints it it should really make anyone with a sound mind question the medical establishment right a a mother with covid19 should be allowed to die against her family's wishes i'm reading the article now a judge has ruled let me read that again. A mother with COVID-19 should be allowed to die against her family's wishes a judge has ruled. The woman who is in her early 30s has been in an induced coma since giving birth to a baby boy last month. University oh hospitals uh, said that her chances of survival were slim and ending life support treatment was, quote, in her best interest. So her family, who are Muslim, asked for more time for treatment, and they said that they believed only God could end a life. And the woman's case was heard on Tuesday in the Court of Protection, where issues relating to people who lack the mental capacity to make decisions for themselves are analyzed. So this woman was rushed to the hospital with coronavirus when she was 32 weeks pregnant. And then... The doctors uh, delivered her son by cesarean section shortly after she was admitted. And a specialist told the judge that her pancreas had stopped functioning and one lung had, quote, died. And the staff had tried everything. uh, And they said her chances of making any meaningful recovery with COVID are slim. And they said the feeling of the whole team is that she has reached a point where it is, in essence, zero. So this woman also has a three-year-old daughter, and she has a disease that is a, a rare disorder of the glands called Addison's 
disease. Uh, but the woman's sister uh, told the court that they believe in miracles. You know, when God has written our death, that's when mm -hmm. we're going to die. Unplug the machine. This is like, you know, asking someone to kill us. You know, it, it's really crazy. So then when the court heard the case, the justice ruled, the judge ruled that the woman could not be named and that doctors can lawfully stop providing life support treatment. No, they're going to kill this, this girl. Uh, yeah. Now, he said that evidence shows that doctors were no longer preserving her life, but prolonging her death. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just That's crazy. You know, is this the it mindset of the elite? You know that it's a judicial murder. Right. Do they, they, they look at it like everyone's going to die anyways. Why not wait? You know, it's, it's uh -huh. best for the planet. That you know, five hundred, all but five hundred million people go ahead and die early. You know, right. you know why not? Right. They're all gonna die anyways, right? That's right. so radical. Like, it's something like you'd see in a dystopian thriller movie. You know, it's like it's so yeah, far fetched. Sure. But this, this lady. All right. First off, the lady came to the doctor because she had a cold. Okay, like she had COVID, and then. They put her into an induced coma so that they could rip her baby out of her womb. Like, oh early, my you know, gosh. 32 weeks is not a full term. And, and you know, they, they cut the baby out early. And now she's not waking up from that coma that they induced, you know. So they're, they're just uh -huh. going to offer. You know, notice how the article said that, quote, the feelings of the whole team is that she's reached zero chance of making a meaningful recovery. You know, so the judge is calling those feelings evidence that they're prolonging her death. You know, what's wrong with these people? It's like after right. decision makers get power, they just lose all sensitivity for life. You know, they lose right. humanity or, or maybe, you know, in order to get into that position of power, you just have to have none anyways. You know, I, right. I would never trust someone to tell me that my loved one was sick in a way that wasn't, right. you know, obvious. Like, yeah, yeah. you have a nurse named Jill, right? And, and her mom was told that she had terminal cancer, you know, many, mm -hmm. many years ago. And that she only had a few months to live, you know, and that treatment to extend her life was the best option. You know, how wishy-washy yeah. is that? That they want to extend the old woman's life, but kill off the 30 something year old mother right, right. anyways you know jill's mom refused treatment and she's still with us today you know like like yes, nothing ever right. happened you know where did that terminal yeah. cancer go guys right, <laughs> it wasn't right. there or right. you know it wasn't terminal cancer obviously like right. you know we we know that the treatment that they wanted to give her probably would have killed her though and oh, then, without a doubt. And people question and that, why we don't have the utmost faith in the establishment. And you hear mm -hmm. stories like this all the time. Uh, I'm almost done, and then I'll pass the mic to you. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Just look up the amounts of deaths that medical malpractice has caused. Mm -hmm. It's one death every two minutes, according to data from John Hopkins. Now, 688 mm -hmm. Americans die every day from a preventable medical mistake. And, and the only cause, causes of death that top those 
is COVID, cancer, and heart disease. You know, with who knows how many of those being cases of, you know, alchemic murder by the sorcerers in high places. You know, it's shocking just how unhealthy people are. And it's even more shocking that healthy people are continually looked down upon. You know, having cancer or COVID or some disease is like a rite of passage these days. It's like, it's so commonplace, but why? You know, it's like autism and Alzheimer's, these spiritual sicknesses that are brought upon us by, you know, types of sorcery. Like, autism wasn't around before vaccines. Sure, it really, it sounds like a Chronicles of Narnia plot. You know, it's like fantasy, but this is reality. Like, there is darkness and wickedness in high places. There is a real spiritual and physical warfare going on for our souls and our bodies. You know, the hospital shouldn't be our primary choice for help. You know, men with robes who've sat through decades of proof that their devotion to the institutions is you know true those people shouldn't be our hope obviously like the most high is our hope the messiah is our savior you know to die is to gain so you know if the most high wants to take me you know what's it up to me but a blessing you know sure i'd miss my family of course but you know of course every death is is like it feels like a tragedy right when we have our limited perspective goggles on but when we take a step back and, and just think about how our creator sees things, you know, from beginning to end with an eternal perspective, you know, then we'll be able to find peace and to stop our bodies from building up the stocks of cortisol and depression and high blood pressure, you know, and, and then we'll be able to help others see that there's peace in knowing Christ. You know, that's, that's where our peace comes from. That's where our health comes from, from just having that peace in the Messiah. Yes, amen. And um, unfortunately, you know, we have what are set up for-profit healthcare institutions. And just as I said in regard to, um, you know, if you're an organ donor that you don't get good emergency care, especially if you have a, a living will as your um, you know, the advanced directive. Uh, people don't realize that the living will is created by the right to die groups. It was um, formulated by the Hemlock Society as a way to protect the physicians and the hospitals from killing you and taking your organs from you and delving them out and uh, passing them on and, you know, lying and tricking your family and putting you in a coma and telling them that, um, well, the best thing we can hope for now is just to you know, give up his organs or her organs and to allow other people to live from them. Um, people don't realize how much they're being lied to and how often this is the case. And this is a, a practice. This is actually the, the method, the system that the for-profit Nursing homes are also part of the process. The whole thing of you know the uh, the six months the uh, well, hospice that whole thing is part of the this as well. But um, back in I think it was two thousand nine, 
I flew from Atlanta to Pinellas Park um, in, in Florida because there was this woman named Terry Shivo who had, um, they said she was in a persistent vegetative state and that she was unable to um, dis make decisions for herself. And that she, well, what was happening is that there was a case pending between her husband and her parents. And her husband was fighting for the right to kill her because he said that um, she had commented to him a long time ago that when they were married that if she ever was in a bad situation, she would rather die than live. And because of that, uh, this case went all the way to the Supreme Court and her family was fighting against and trying to prevent her being basically murdered. And not only murdered, but in the most god-awful way. They were going to disconnect her feeding tube and uh, not allow her to get food or water. And they were going to starve and dehydrate her to death, which is a very long process. It was horrific, you know, to be, to die of thirst or to die of hunger. And they were going to basically do both. And whichever one uh, came upon her first you know, and led to her death, that's, that's the kind of situation they were going to put her into. And, you know, we went down there and we were protesting. I was part of this group called ADAPT, American Disabled for Attendant Programs Today. And, uh, and this other right, you know, for uh, protesting for her being a person with a disability, her right to decide for herself and to uh, not be, you know, murdered in this way. And I had a bullhorn and I was talking about and screaming. There was huge, you know, all this media from all over the world there outside of the nursing home uh, that had come. There was a huge amount of people there. And um, I was talking about basically how even criminals have constitutional rights to not be uh, treated in such manner, cruel and unusual punishment. They have constitutional protections against cruel and unusual punishment. And here they had uh, determined, decided, the Supreme Court, that her husband had the right to follow her supposed wishes, even though she was a Catholic and against committing suicide or killing herself, they still sided with him to allow her to die of starvation, dehydration. And it took 13 days for this process to occur to her. And we were outside of this nursing home. And I also talked about how, you know, it's a felony for an animal to be treated in such manner. But yet, because she was a person with a disability and that the courts didn't care for her and deemed her not even human, she could be starved and dehydrated in horrific way, even though her family was right there 
and all they wanted was to be able to to take care of her um, and to and they fought all the way to the Supreme Court for the right to do so. But it's uh, interesting that she died on Easter, supposedly Easter Sunday, on the same day that John Paul II passed away. And uh, it was interesting that all this had happened uh, altogether. But um, another thing that I learned about is that and this is a weird, you know, really strange side of the story. But when I was down there, um, somebody had mentioned to me that I should look into Scientology because they were the big power there in Pinellas Park, Clearwater, Florida. They owned the whole city. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard had moved his headquarters there and all of the people that were in power the judges, the sheriff, all the people that were elected in office, they were all Scientologists. And so I began, when I got home, I began to look at and to examine um, if there was some weirdness connected to that. And I discovered that in Scientology, they basically teach that people with disabilities do not have the right to exist and that it was there uh, because they consider themselves to be part of the elect uh, and, you know, the most intelligent among humanity and that they consider themselves, especially those that have been cleared or, you know, gone through the whole process of, I guess, reaching enlightenment in the whole Scientology uh, way of thinking in that whole religion. But they, L. Ron Hubbard wrote in his books and taught that it was part of the solid, the Scientologists, it was part of their, um, that they should aid people with disabilities to die and to euthanize them, to help them to, to you know, get out of this world, to escape from their, what they believe to be diminished capacity. And so they support this whole euthanasia agenda. And there's a group called the Final Exit Network. Uh, and they were here in Atlanta. But what they do is they, just like Jack Kevorkian, who was that doctor that did all the assisted suicide and went around and helped people, this Final Exit Network, they would go to and help these people that, you know, thought they wanted to commit suicide, they would put a plastic bag over their head and help them to basically suffocate themselves. And then they would, there were several cases where it talked about how it, when the people had doubt and they would struggle to remove the bags from the head, uh, these people would forcefully hold their hands down and keep them from being able to you know, get their breath or to free themselves from this um, this final exit protocol. And so I discovered that there was this whole network of people that they are euthanasia people. They support and want to establish the state's right to kill people. And 
you know, for people that don't understand the agenda as far as euthanasia is with the way that they have it set up on the Georgia Guidestones, that there's a group of people who believe that that they are the chosen, the elect ones, and that they've been given the divine right and the commission of kings and queens to decide for everybody else what's best for them, and that they believe that there's too many people in the world and that part of their agenda is to kill people off, uh, even with the whole utopia and the the forced vaccination and that whole agenda for why they want to be able to inoculate everybody, not only for sterilization, but to literally kill, to call the masses. With that idea, uh, you can never give the government the right to euthanize people because if you do it will get just like what happened in nazi germany uh, euthanasia and that whole process of deciding who should live and who should die and uh, that was implemented by the government there and people with disabilities were targeted and also you know the uh, homosexuals, political dissidents, uh, people that were against the the Nazi SS and their rise to power. And so basically, the government would extend in category anybody that was in opposition to their agenda. And so you can believe, you can bet that our for-profit healthcare industry the whole thing with, you know, because when you are an organ donor, what kills you is them taking your organs from you. They keep you alive until that point because you cannot have somebody that's truly dead uh, because the organs will then corrupt and, you know, you are not able to transplant organs that are starting to die. So anybody that is really dead, their organs are corrupted and they are unable to transplant them. And so they created these whole categories of what are considered to be death but aren't, like non-heart-beating death or persistent vegetative state or um, comatose, you know, the coma death or brain dead, all these different um, categories and definitions of people that are dead but that truly are not because you're not dead until your heart you know quiets and quits beating uh, and so they lie to families and this you can look this up just check it out for yourself many nurses many uh, doctors many healthcare practitioners have come out about the healthcare, for-profit healthcare institutions and how they are lying people to take their organs and to be able to transplant them and to make $2 million off of, you know, everybody that they can actually convince families to give up their, their loved ones. And that they 
will say, oh, you're brain dead or, you know, you could have been in a, a car accident if you're especially young, especially from like 16 to 20 something. Boy, they covet those young organs and they will put you in a coma and lie to your family that you're never going to come out of it, that you're brain dead or, you know, whatever. And then um, the the family decides to give up their organs and when they take your organs when they cut out the organs from these people that's what actually kills them and so you should learn about these things because if you're an organ donor just to get ten dollars off of your driver's license you're putting your life at risk and you don't even realize and the horror the horror that awaits you because they're literally going to kill you by cutting your organs out of you. I mean, and that's a, it sounds like it's a horror movie. It really is. But this is what's going on in America. And so, uh, and I've written many articles about this and um, done many interviews. You can find uh, a Dr. Paul Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, a number of different interviews I've done with him. They're on our YouTube channel. Listen to those shows because this is very important information and not a lot of people know about these things at all. Justin? Yeah, it's a very uh, bad, bad place that we live in. Bad world. Yeah. Controlled by bad people. And I, I have no faith in the institutions. Absolutely none, especially now that you know U.S. taxpayers are now funding abortions worldwide. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Not just our own. We're like we're funding abortions worldwide. I mean, it's bad enough that it's our own. You know, every time I right, you know, go down the street to uh, there's some like Mediterranean restaurant that's like across the street from a Planned Parenthood. Like I, I can't even have an appetite when I go there. Uh-huh. Anytime I, yeah. I just think about it, you can't have an appetite. You know, it's like you can't have a desire to want to live in this world. It's such a, a horrible place. It really is. Uh, just Thursday, Biden rescinded a regulation that barred U.S. foreign aid from being used to perform or promote abortions. Um, I'll, I'll read some of the article. His decision, while expected, was cheered by abortion choice advocates in some humanitarian groups and denounced by anti-abortion groups. The move also included a restoration of American funding to the U.N. Population Fund, and withdraws the U.S. from an international accord that promotes anti-abortion policies. The steps come just a week after he was inaugurated and fulfills a campaign pledge to reverse apology, uh, excuse me, reverse a policy that previous Republican presidents, including his immediate predecessor, Donald Trump, had instated immediately on taking office. The policy known as the Mexico City Rule after the place where it was first announced at an international population conference, or the global gag rule, has been a political ping-pong ball bouncing back and forth between Republican and Democratic 
president since it was first enacted in 1985 during President Ronald Reagan's second term. Quote, these excessive conditions on foreign and development assistance undermine the United States' efforts to advance gender equality globally by restricting our ability to support women's health and programs that prevent and respond to gender-based violence, Biden said in a memorandum to his cabinet. So, in my opinion, it's ridiculous to say that the murder of an innocent, unborn, living child is a right. Right. And it's absolute insanity to say that protecting the innocent, unborn, living child is oppressive to gender equality. Mm-hmm. You yeah, kill somebody uh, and then say that you're looking for equality. You know, the whole right. concept of equality in my generation is stupid. Well, first <laughs> off, we we've continually belittled men, you know, to the point that they've not just lost their identities as protectors of the household, but they've become feminine to the point as of I- identifying as women, you know. And we've, mm-hmm, we've right. empowered evil women to lead the feminist movement, you know, and their goals have never been free equality. Now they're following the elitist steps to destroying the family. You know, yes. Their goal is to steal the souls of our children, to steal yes. the souls of our spouses, to steal the souls of our parents. The same goes for black equality. You know, I, I'm sure it seems great that Every website you go to now is promoting black-owned businesses, black-directed movies, black-owned restaurants. You know, but but doing that does not bring equality. It just creates reverse racism. You know, it, it oppresses the mm-hmm. other class. You know, mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just like the feminists oppress men. You know, you can't get equality by oppressing a certain class right, or a right. certain type or a certain gender or a certain, you know, race. But it's not about equality. You know, it's about creating division. That is right. the goal of the elitist, to divide our families, <clears throat> yes. to divide our friends, to divide our souls from love. You know, I know most of everyone who has entertained the idea of biblical cosmology has felt the depth of division that the institutions of the elite have crafted between us. No, but mm-hmm. that that division has made its way deeper to the fabric of our souls. You know that even now, if we believe in a creator, we're scoffed at. You know, if we don't right. support the murder of innocent unborn children, we're considered oppressors. You know, if we look at at humans without a color filter on, you know, we're told that we're ignoring systemic racism. And therefore, we are racist. You know, if we believe a healthy diet and sunshine will keep our children's immune system strong, and we refuse to inject them with synthetic concoctions of the sorcerers, you know, we're considered neglective parents. You know, if you're any of the above, you're considered unfit for society as it stands. You know, and soon enough, we're not going to be able to partake in society. You know, we're not going to be able to buy or sell. In fact, you know, we're, we're going to be persecuted and hated more and more for our faith. So my yes. prayer is that you know, our patience, our sound-mindedness, and our faith 
will impact those persecuting us. You know, because it, yeah. in a lot of cases, it's our family members that are persecuting us, you know. I, I pray that our yeah. faith is going to impact those that are scoffing against us, the, even our executioners, you know, so that they'll question the paradigm of the lies that they've been packaged into. You know, I pray that those around us will really see freedom from the six walls of the cube of thought slavery that they've been born into. You know, and I pray that they'll, through us, you know, through our patience, through our love, that that they'll be, you know, able to, to think outside the box for once. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can really be a good encouragement. Yes, and help people to come to common sense on, you know, right and wrong and good and evil. Because the lines are so blurred and so much has been turned upside down, especially with abortion. I mean, they have literally um, taught women to that under the guise of having your right to decide about your own life and health care, that it's okay to kill your child. I mean, how twisted. How twisted is the mindset? And then for, you know, not just aborting uh, children, but late-term abortions where they're ripping these children to pieces, you know, literally ripping them apart in the womb so that they can be extracted piece by piece from their, you know, their, the, the mother's uh, womb. It's, it's just god-awful. It's, it's horrible. I mean, again... You know, the whole scenario of we are living like a horror movie. You know, the things of what you know people see and saw the kind of insanity of the horror. And yet this is the reality of what's going on in the world. And it's been normalized for so many people. Um, and, you know, like in... China, they are targeting Christians as political dissidents, locking them up. And then, you know, the Falun Gong, these people that are underground Christians that are standing up against oppression and for their religious right to to worship as they want. These people are being targeted and put into jail and having their, you know, there's an order for organs from these rich elitists who have need for kidneys or, you know, whatever organs of a particular variety, blood type. And these Christians are being murdered to accommodate these wealthy individuals. I mean, you know, it's just so wrong. But yet this is what's going on. And 
you know, again, people don't know about these things. Uh, there was the whole thing of, um, you know, the one child per family for so long there in China and how um, if they found out you were pregnant, they would literally drive an abortion van or bus or whatever to your house and force the women to uh, get rid of their their babies to commit to kill them and to to get rid of them i mean they, mm-hmm. this is this is the kind of insanity and that it's still happening yeah so it's I, still happening i can go ahead and move on to one of my last points for tonight that, that basically sure. goes straight into what you're talking about even the fact that you're talking about china so uh, Canada just voted to recognize China's treatment of the Uyghur Muslim population as genocide. So, you know, if you're unfamiliar with it, what's going on in China is uh, a response to Islamic terrorism with an iron fist. For years now, the, the government of China has forced the Uyghur women to undergo abortions and forced sterilizations. That's crazy, right? How can anybody say that socialism and communism is okay? It's absolutely crazy. But the U.S. Department of Defense now says that there are as many as 3 million Uyghurs detained in re-education and forced labor camps. Re-education and forced labor camps, like the same type of thing that socialist Democrats here in America are saying that Trump supporters need to go to. Uh Interestingly, these slave labor factories, the forced labor camps that this population is uh, serving, and, you know, the Uyghurs that are being persecuted, those products that they're making are for companies like Apple and Nike and Costco and some others. Isn't that crazy to think that, you know, we're we're like, we have companies here that are just getting rich off of the persecution of populations around the world. Like, what what mm-hmm. makes us think that we're exempt from that? You know, they they want to persecute us and make money off of us and grow their power oh, off yeah. of us as well. We're we're not. That's the the thing. American citizens think, uh, you know, just like when after 9-11 and they did the whole thing of um, that show 24 where they showed um, uh, the American government now torturing people. Oh, as long as it's Muslims or, you know, terrorists, uh, Mm -hmm. that's okay. I'm okay with that. But yet it's the American citizen that is being targeted. We're the enemy. People don't realize that, that the loss of habeas corpus, the military tribunal system, they even have it in their documents in the Patriot Act, in the Defense Authorization Act. It's Christians and patriots that are the, the domestic terrorists. You know, uh, they call us militants and they have it already in this alternative system that we're the ones that are going to be targeted. Because we're the enemy, according to the government. And so it's not these terrorists that everybody was okay with torturing immediately after the events of 9-11. But all of that is going to 
come back around. And that's what people don't understand is that, uh, you know, they think, oh, it can't happen to us uh, or uh, we're that'll never happen here. It's already happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, Islamic terrorism, it it does seem that China is much more aware of what the Quran actually says than Western civilization is. And they they decided that all those who call themselves Quranic devotees are jihadists and therefore enemies of the state. You know, in communism, they don't mess around. Uh-huh. They have no identity. And right. as we'll, we'll see here in a couple minutes, it's the same thing that's happening with the Christians there. But uh, let me continue. So... You know, what's sad uh, about the Uyghur population is that a lot of these people, they're like, they're just ethnicities that became dominated by the Islamic social structure via the Islamic empire. You know, they were like enforced conversions. And now they're just kind of like ethnic Muslims. They're not really like devoted to the Quran. Like, yes, if you read the Quran yourself, you will find out it is a blueprint to make war with the world, to put the world into submission to Allah, to prepare for you know the Imam Mahdi that they believe is going to come rule rule their one world system. But yes. you know, not all of the the Muslims believe that. You know, I met right. so many Muslims face to face, like throughout the Middle East, in Asia, in Europe, and many of them are. Honestly, it's like the Western church. They're just lukewarm believers, you know? And they just inherited the tradition that, that roots right. back to those forced conversions. They're right. literally, they're quote-unquote ethnic Muslims. Like in Thailand, we were so surprised that we visited this beach called Nang Beach in, in southern Thailand, and there was a huge mosque and I was like, what is a huge, like, you see all the Buddhist temples everywhere, right? But what is this huge mosque doing? And then you come to find out there's a huge Muslim population in that place. But they still eat uh, shellfish, you know, they still live like islander lives. They're just like, it, it's, I guess it, it could be similar for even the most populous Muslim country on earth, Indonesia. You know, they're almost literally 100% Muslim. But right. they still have some of the largest Buddhist temples in the world. You know, that was their history. But the Islamic Empire right. expanded greatly in the past. And their their people, they were forced to convert, adapt the lifestyle, and it it's just been a tradition for a long time. You know, they they're lukewarm, like the church. The church doesn't follow the cam- commandments of the scripture. They're not interested in what the scripture actually says. They're just like they identify as Christians, right? Same thing over there. But, you know, China sees uh, what's going on with our generation that, you know, there are people that are warming up. You know, they're not they're not just lukewarm anymore. Our generation is like, you know, we're really devoted. We really want to know what we believe in, right? And, like, we, we devote ourselves to things, like, wholeheartedly. So there are some of those people that are reading the Quran and are taking all of those verses of making war 
and they're doing that even in, in China. You know, like years ago there were stabbing attacks and things like that, and that's that's what uh, prompted this persecution of this ethnic group. Uh, and you know, it's unfortunate that you can't really separate the threat of war that any true Quran devotee poses. You know, they any anyone who really studies the Quran and really devotes themselves to the Quran is going to follow that that blueprint of war you know it's not just my opinion that's it just is what it is and if you can stomach it you can read it for yourself like try to read the Quran and I couldn't stomach it though I pushed through uh, as much as I could uh, but you know that's what uh -huh. some Muslims are doing now you know they're actually starting to read the Quran you know they're starting to find encouragement right. to make war against the people that they call infidels and now China's put a lid on the boiling pot you know and cut off the heat source but mm -hmm. it's not just the Muslims that they've done that to they're also treating Christians with a similar disdain you know in registered churches in China portraits of Xi, uh, President Xi uh, Jinping and Chairman Mao Zedong you know the old communist China dude that just killed everyone right like super evil guy still has his photo everywhere they put those photos in the pulpits at the churches for registered churches in order to register your church in China you got to have those portraits at your pulpit and the first thing that you do during a service is that you say the communist party national anthem like imagine like having to say the pledge of allegiance every time you go to church right what <laughs> that would be crazy but the you know that's part of the campaign that president xi has uh, began called cynicization and it just means that christians are only considered to be good citizens if they adhere to communist ideology and it eerily reminds me of Roman persecution. You know, the Christians were spared <laughs> if they would pour out a drink offering to a statue of Zeus. You know, supposedly China now has even banned worship services done in homes by members of the homes. Like, you can't even have a worship service with your family. But, you know, who knows what exactly is going on. There's, there's so many agendas to divide and so much propaganda these days. You just... You don't know, and I don't doubt there are some real crimes against humanity going on in our generation, and, and even sometimes our nation is the one that perpetuates them, you know, with this war on terror, but it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate reality, one that our Christian brothers and sisters know all too well in countries all throughout the Middle East and Africa, and even in the States now. You know, what, what can we say? Violence? Is it's not our initiative, but we're still being right. treated as though you know we are like terrorists, right? We're like, mm -hmm. you know. So I just have to remind everyone: our goal should never be to eliminate a person. You know, right? Even, right. even the Messiah on the cross did not, you know, call down a legion of angels to destroy those who were killing him and torturing him. His goal was to save people. And that's our goal as well, you know, that we could lead people to yeah, yeah. that salvation, to, to spread the same yeah. grace 
that purchased us from lives of wickedness to share yeah. the great mercy of the most high with those who hate us. You know, there's, there's got to be a real remnant of believers here who share that mission. You know, I, I hope so because there's millions of lukewarm believers who've spread offense and hate and led to the hardening of so many hearts against the gospel. I believe the Most High has a mission for us, and, and I, I pray that we're patient enough to receive it. And even if that mission is to look our executioners in the eye and tell them that mercy can be extended to them if they'll put their trust in the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who died for the sins of the world and rose from the dead as the first fruits of the resurrection to eternal life in His kingdom of peace, true peace, true love, and true joy, where no darkness will exist. You know, isn't that what we're all really craving inside? To find the comfort that only our Father can give us? A refuge? Home? Yes. Sanctuary? Hallelujah. Ah, true peace, love, justice. Right. He's prepared a place. Law. He's prepared yes. a place for those who trust in Him. You know, I feel exhausted and drained every day trying to reach you know, even one person in this wicked world. And it feels really hopeless and difficult. And I know that, you know, so many of, of you all feel the same way with your coworkers or members of your family or your neighbors. You know, it's, you just get scoffed at and offended constantly. It's so difficult. But every now and then I'll meet someone that has real questions, you know, someone who's really seeking. And then I know, you know, all those hundreds of insults were worth it. Because if I stopped trying, I never would have met those few people. You know, so I, I hope that all the listeners will keep trying as well. You know, be patient. I just pray to encourage you, and you know, I pray that we can, you know, even to those who insult and persecute us, that you know we can we can smile, you know, and share love. Yeah. Turn the other cheek. Even to those who seem to take absolutely nothing away from our testimonies it's still a seed that's being sown, you know? So, so sow those seeds, family, and, yes. you know, by the grace of the Most High, we'll have a place at His Harvest Festival, and we'll see that yeah. a lot of those seeds actually took root. Yes. Yes, well said, son, and what a great way to, to wrap up this message. Because we, we have talked about how, you know, the world would hate us for His namesake, and how kind, peace-loving Christians who want nothing but, you know, the everybody everywhere to have the same rights, freedoms, the uh, to seek and pursue happiness, and to have a place where they can nurse their children in safety and security. That we wish nothing but this for everybody everywhere, and yet. Because this world loves evil and because Satan, uh, as the demiurge, is in control, uh, he's turned those qualities and made them into villainy and is persecuting the saints over, you know, being that kind of a, an example. And it's unfortunate, but uh, we were warned, we were told, and... We'll stand still with our truth 
and with our Savior, with our Messiah, will stand for the truth of the gospel, for the kingdom. Uh, our Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit uh, will stand for prophecy as, as it is revealed. Uh, the ancient manuscripts, all the things that have been written that have directed us to be good people and to love even our enemies, uh, we'll do all that we can to walk in the example of our Lord um, and to die if necessary at the hands of our persecutors uh, because we know to die is to gain and that um, this world is temporary. Um, you know, Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world and we're not of this place either. You know, we we're just visiting here. Um, there's a higher purpose, a higher role and a mission to fulfill and things that we need to do while we're here. But all of us know that one day we're going home. One day heaven is going to come out of the skies. Paradise is going to descend here to the earth and our maker is going to lead us and guide us in example and that the former things will be no more. So looking forward to those times. But uh, just a reminder, everybody, I'll be on tonight, midnight, 2 a.m. with Rob. And then also tomorrow night, uh, Adam Fink, uh, the parable of the vineyard. He'll be joining us to do a show on the Targum, uh, the translations and how and why they came about. So that should be a very interesting show. But once again, we thank all of you and thank you, son, for joining me this evening as we uh, do these wonderful and awesome live broadcasts. It's a great pleasure to come and to join you in this platform and to speak our hearts and minds and our truth and to work on behalf of the kingdom in the way that we do. Absolutely. Love you. Love everybody there. Love you. And there. thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, it's awesome to have an amazing community of like-minded truth seekers. And uh, we appreciate your love and your support. I just really uh, I enjoy this time, you know. I feel like it's me sharing my diary, you know, and, and being reminded that I'm yeah, not crazy yeah. because there are a few people out there that, that <laughs> see, see eye to eye, you know. Well, I'm blessed to have joy right. as well, and you, so that's a blessing. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, hallelujah. And uh, so we'll see everybody tonight. Um, may Yahuwah bless you, keep you um, in safe, and, and you know, may you be blessed with good health and well-being and looking forward to the coming of spring. Uh, just be happy, everybody, and, um, you know, remember that, to share your hugs with your loved ones because we're not promised any more tomorrows. Good night, all. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this 
video and this broadcast. We appreciate all of you and thank you for your patronage. Please do like and subscribe and share with your friends. God bless all of you and your seeking.